Welcome back to the White Man Can Jump podcast. This is your host, John Whited, a.k.a. Mr. No Look. I'm joined here today by one of my good friends, Andrew Brownlee. Are you ready for the start of the season, Brownlee? I am extremely excited. Uh, also just amazed at how quick it's coming up. But uh, that's great for us. Looking forward to watching some basketball. <laughs> yes, I am too. Um, got a couple weeks until the season starts from now. Um, so we wanted to do a little preview. Um, looking at the over and unders for each team. And give a little um insight on each team and our thoughts and how they're going to perform this season. Um, I'm sure we'll be wrong on most of these, but it'll be fun to, uh, to at least talk about the, some basketball. So um, we're going to start with the Eastern Conference today, and then uh, next week we'll do the Western Conference and uh, go from there. So let's jump right in. Um, we're going to start from um, the worst record in the East last year to the best. So we're going to start with Pistons. Um, they had a 20-52 and 52 record last season. Uh, you prorate that to an 82-game season. They were 23-59. and 59. Had an offensive rating that was 26 in the league at 107.6. Defensive rating at 112.2 at 19th. Net rating of negative 4.6 for a 25th ranking. Um, they didn't have too many um, significant transactions except for Kate Cunningham during... Um, the summer, they obviously drafted him number one. Um, they picked up Kelly Olenek, which could be a sneaky good signing. Uh, Trey Lyles was also an addition. They lost Mason Plumley, who's you know a real solid um, big guy for them, but they have some up-and-comers behind them. Um, and then Wayne Ellington, so they lost a little shooting there. So um, they're over and unders at 25 and a half, so... Um, you know, really the question is, is Kate Cunningham worth two and a half wins? Um, and, you know, that's really kind of, we wrote down a few questions here, and, you know, that's really where we're going to start, is how, how good can he be his rookie year, not only his rookie year, into the future and help turn this franchise around? What, what are your thoughts on Cade? Yeah, so I obviously am not a draft expert, but it seems like every one was pretty much in agreement that Cade is the best of a very good bunch of prospects from this past year's draft. So if he is really that good, he should be worth two and a half wins. I, I would agree with that. Um, so for the immediate term, and that's what we really care about with over-unders is this season and this regular season. Um, I think I would lean towards the over with the only real question being, are they going to get to the trade deadline and just punt on Jeremy Grant to some team that is willing to overpay, uh, that has championship aspirations in their eyes. So I think more than the Kate Cunningham question, it's really, are they going to, fully punt on this season and just get like the number one lottery ball seed uh, or do they try to say terrible but you know compete while being terrible uh, and keeping most of this team around yeah I mean that's a good question I mean um, 
Jeremy Grant, I mean, he's a solid player, but like if you saw if he's your best player last season, you're going to be a terrible team. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think someone who's in a spot to win a championship could uh, could want him as their, you know, their third best player or their fourth best player potentially. I mean, if he is on that level, I mean, he got a shot. I mean, depending on who your first two guys are. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Cade Cunningham, I mean, I didn't get to see him too much in college, but he looked like a pretty special player. And it, it seems like he not only uh, looks out for his own, he makes his teammates better as well. So, um, which, given this young team, um, you know, most of the guys are a couple years into the league um, and they're trying to build those guys. I think it's a great he's a great guy to bring into this. Uh, I think it would have been better than bringing Jalen Green into it. Who's um, more of a score first guard. Um, so I, I think I'm going to go the under two, not or the over as well. Not necessarily because I think they're going to be a good team just because they're terrible last year. And like, I don't see how bringing him on makes you anything but a few games better and you know, I'm, I'm just taking I bet they get like 27 28 wins so I'm not like real bullish on the team but you know it just seems likely that they'll be able to you know exceed last year's um, season pretty easily um, and, and we'll see about that you know a couple of the young guys on the team that you know showed some promise um, it, you know are Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart um, you know, Sadiq Bay really, I mean, I don't remember what he finished in the, uh, rookie, rookie of the year vote, but I think he was one of the finalists for that. I mean, he had a real solid season. I mean, he comes from Villanova under Jay Wright and, you know, he's well coached. Um, and he came right in and, and uh, was able to produce Isaiah Stewart, um, out of Washington. I was also able to, you know, give some good minutes last year as well. So, He'll have a expanded role with uh, Mason Plumlee, um, no longer there. Um, so there's a couple, you know, they also have Killian Hayes, who, uh, you know, went, I believe, ninth in the draft two years ago um, and uh, was injured for a lot of the season and uh, maybe didn't meet expectations when he did play. Um, so, you know, want to see how he progresses as well. I mean, he's still only 20 years old, so he's got a lot of room to grow. Um, so there are there are a couple of pieces that you like for the future here, um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just yep. their hope is Kate Cunningham is the franchise saver. So we'll see if that's the case. Yeah, I, I think it will actually be. I don't know if watching every one of their games is going to be interesting, but it'll be interesting to see how this team develops. And they're going to have this like. Very tall team between like six seven and six ten, uh, just across basically every position for their starters. So it's gonna be a lot of height surrounding everyone. Um, and agree, I, I think it'd be great to see Steve Bay, Isaiah Stewart, um, continue to progress. I think Bay was on the national team, um, so I think that's good for him as well. After a promising season, get some international experience also, and then come in and hopefully have a good sophomore. Yeah, so so we both got the over there. You know, I don't really feel great about betting on a team to go over that's that bad, but, you know, 
we'll put our faith in Kate Cunningham and look at it that way. Um, so yeah. let's let's move on to our next team, um, the Magic, who came in with a prorated record of twenty four and fifty eight last year. Um, had uh, the second to last offensive rating at one hundred four point six, and had the twenty sixth ranked defensive rating at one hundred thirteen point nine. Finished with a net rating of negative nine point three, which is god awful. Only one to be worse was the Oklahoma City Thunder. So um, there's a lot of a lot of room for improvement here. I don't know how much. They had a good draft outside of that. I don't know how much they improved their roster, but um, we'll kind of go through some of the additions now. Um, they added Robin Lopez, um, you know, a veteran, which they could use. I mean, most everyone else is under 25 on this team. All, all the guys actually play except for him and Terrence Ross. So it's nice to have a little... Um, little veteran presence there. Etwan Moore also gives you some of that. I mean, he's a he's a great backup guard. He's a professional. He knows his role. Um, whenever he's got minutes in the NBA, he's produced. So, um, you know, that could give you um, some quality minutes. Jalen Suggs, obviously the, the big winner um, in the draft. Fell to him at, I believe, four or five. And... Uh, and then they also got Franz Wagner Wagner at eight, I believe, was their other pick. So you got two guys who I think are ready to contribute right away. Uh, Wagner is a little raw, but he does have some skills that will translate directly to the NBA. Um, and then they also got a new coach, Jamal Mosley, um, the assistant for the Mavericks. Um, and then, you know, they didn't really lose anything significant. They lost Dwayne Bacon and... And their coach Steve Clifford, which um, he had actually been there for a while for a team that had had been you know around the playoffs for a while while he was there, but uh, really struggled the last couple of years. So um, you know, a couple injuries, uh, two two ACL related injuries. Fultz uh, has no timetable for his return. Um, he tore his ACL in January, uh, so you'd imagine he'd be back probably by the end of the year sometime, and then. Jonathan Isaac is unsure if he'll be ready to start the season, so um, there's no timetable really set for that, but um, it should be within the next couple months, you imagine, because he's 14 months removed from his injury, so uh, most people can recover faster than that, but his, his injury looks pretty bad. So um, Over and under is 22.5, so don't have to do much to get an over here, but if you look at this roster... They don't really have a go-to player by any means, so um, you know they really—it's a youth youth movement right now, like we said—and and do they have enough pieces to really build around to start that rebuild? What do you think, Brownlee? Yeah, so I think a lot of people thought Jalen Suggs could be one of the more ready-to-play players at the top end of this draft. Um, maybe after coming Cunningham. Uh, but that being said, he's still going to be coming in as you know, 19 years old into maybe 20 years old into the lead guard position. And you are 
probably going to expect some bumps in the road, even if he does, you know, show promise. So you have that as one of your starters. Um, you pencil in Jonathan Isaac, like you said, as you know, one of your key players. But he's coming back from a bad injury. It sounds like maybe he'll be ready for the start of the season, but even then, he might not have a full minutes load. So you know, this is a team that isn't trying to win, so they aren't going to rush in like Jonathan Isaac back. They are going to try to see what they have in their newer players, their younger players, uh, and really focus on development this season. Their goal is going to be getting ping pong balls, not getting wins. So even though over-under is set pretty low, I am leaning towards the under, honestly. Um, I just see a lot of like, if your team goal is not oriented around winning, then, like, is Gary Harris going to be on the team at the end of the year? Probably not. Probably ship him off or get a buyout after All-Star break. Um, so I think this team is going to be bad. It's going to be trying to be bad and uh, just see what they have on the team and where to move from there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac is probably the best player on this roster, but... He's not the kind of player that's going to excel on this team where, you know, he's really a complimentary piece that brings the defense, the rebounding, the effort plays, you know, will score a little, but, you know, <clears throat> that's not his his M.O. So, um, so I, I think it's, like you said, they're trying to lose. So, like, I would have a hard time betting the over on a team that would rather lose than win. Um, they obviously, you know, want to build a cu- culture with these guys here and don't get them used to losing. Uh, but at the same time, if they get uh, another high draft pick, um, they might be in a position to make some moves in a couple years and, you know, be back in playoff contention or at least playing game contention. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm going under here. I think this might be the worst team in the league this year. Um so we're two for two in agreement here. So let's see if we can get some disagreements going forward, make it a little interesting. So Cavs are our next team. Um, they had a pro-rated record of 25-57. had an offensive rating of 105.2, 28th in the league. A defensive rating of 113.5, 25th in the league. And a net rating of negative 8.3 for 28th in the league. Um, they made a couple moves, um, you know, most notably um, Evan Mobley, um, who they got with the uh, fourth, what was it, the third pick, I guess. Um, yep. And uh, they also got Laurie Markkinen, who's you know, at the least been a frustrating player during his time in the NBA. Um, so, you know, he's talented. Um, what they can expect from him, I don't know, but it's, it, I think it's a good uh, flyer to take on him. It wasn't too expensive. And then Ricky Rubio, uh, they didn't really have a point guard to say. They have two pretty good young guards, but they're both score-first guards. Um, so I don't know if we'll see some uh, three-man lineups with them in it or, or what, but I think that was a you know a good pickup as well. Um, 
and he can also teach the guard as well. So, um, you know, key losses, Larry Nance Jr., who I, I thought was great last season. Um, he just says everything, all the little things, hustles, rebounds, plays defense, um, finishes around the rim. Um, he, he's out. Um, so, but they do have plenty of big men um, to, you know, combat that. Um, and Torian Prince also um, left the team. So, you know, they're over-unders at 26 and a half. Um, what, I, I kind of like this roster. Um, it is the Cavs without LeBron James. So I'm, I'm only cautiously optimistic, but what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Are you, I mean, aside from Kevin Love, who, you know, is getting paid $31 million to essentially do nothing and probably be hurt most of the season. Um, the rest of the roster offers some promise, right? Uh, yeah, I was looking at our notes for this team coming into it, and I just kind of laughed because I think you got to hammer the under on this one. Um, I have very little to be optimistic about this team. I think Ricky Rubio is going to be an addition to their team. Um, I think it's going to make them better at that backup guard position. But I think we're underrating what Larry Nance was doing for the team. He's definitely the Swiss, like, prototypical Swiss Army Knight player, able to defend well, be an important uh, off playmaker, like secondary uh, playmaker for the team, and really made the team hum as much as you can hum with the 28th best offense in the league. Uh, uh, so I actually think there's not a lot to be optimistic about for this team for this season in terms of wins, losses. Uh, I think you can be optimistic about development of the young guards from last year and hope that they can continue to uh, score at a high level. And then you can watch for development in Mobley, but Mobley is as being pulley as they come. And I would be surprised if he's an effective player in his first season. He's just, I think, too skinny to play in the NBA right now. Okay, well, this is definitely our first disagreement. I mean, I like I like a few of the pieces. I mean, the Jar- Jared Allen signing. I mean, hundred million sounds like a lot, but I mean, I, I think he's an underrated player, and uh, you know, he'll definitely contribute to this team. I, I don't know how much they'll play him and Mobley together. I I, I think Mobley will definitely contribute on the defensive end this season. His defense is is pretty remarkable, um, and I think that will translate right away to the NBA. His, his offensive game might not. Um, so I think he you know covers up some of what you lost in Larry Nance. Um, Floyd Marketing could ever you know just put it together for one season, and um, which is a big ask. But I mean, he has a talent there. Um, you know, at seven feet, playing mostly on the wing with his shooting ability and his slashing. Um, and then I, I like the backcourt of, you know, Sexton and Garland. Sexland, as a lot of people like to call him. Um, and, you know, they're not, they're obviously not great defenders. Um, they aren't necessarily point guards. 
uh, Garland a little better than Sexton, um, but they can both score the basketball. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying they're going to necessarily compete for the um, even really the playing game, um, but I, I think they will go over the 26 and a half. Um, and, you know, I think they have something they can build on here. Um, and I mean, I think Evan Mobley is going to be a great player down the line. Uh, it might just take him a couple years to develop. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, I'm happy to see us disagree on this one. Yeah. Uh, can't it. wait to see them win 18 games. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We will see. I mean, it's definitely possible. I'm not ruling out that as a possibility. That's why I asked if it was okay to be optimistic. I, I didn't feel comfortable with it. But I'm going to go with my gut. So uh, next team on our list is the Raptors. Uh, had a prorated record of 31 and 51. Offensive rating of 111.6, 16th in the NBA. Um, a defensive rating of 112. 15th in the NBA for a negative 0.4 net rating, which was 19. So they they were their rating suggests they're better than their record. Um, uh, I, I don't really know what this team is doing now. Uh, we'll get into that. Um, you know, a couple additions they had were Preston Chua and Goran Dragic from. Um, the Heat, which both of those can help you win now, and Achua, um, you know, had a promising rookie season. Um, Scotty Barnes, they drafted him, um, and he, uh, he showed a lot of promise in his first, his only year in college. Um, he's a real athletic guy, can handle the ball, not much of a shooter, can play defense uh, with his length and size. You know, he can cover a lot of different positions. Um, so I, we'll see exactly what he contributes, but, um, there's a lot of, a lot of hope they have in Toronto for him. Um, a couple of losses, the big loss is obviously Kyle Lowry, um, who is now playing with the Heat. Um, you know, maybe consider the greatest Raptor of all time, um, based off, you know, his legacy there and how long he played. Um, Kawhi is obviously you know, had the most impact in his one season, but um, Kyle Lowry is beloved there, so I know they'll be sad to see him go. Um, Aaron Baines, uh, they lost him as well. Rodney Hood and, and Stanley Johnson. So, um, and as far as injuries are concerned, Siakam, who had shoulder surgery in the off season, um, will be out at least until November. So they'll at least go a couple weeks without him. Um, he's obviously, um, you know, he's their best player. So, you know, you had a question, do they have the guy on the current roster right now? And, and if he's their guy, you're, you're not going to be very good with Siakam as being your best player. I don't think. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I think their only real hope for quote unquote, the guy on this roster is if Scotty Barnes just... I think reaches the height of his projected development, um, and even then, I'm not sure that's the guy. So, if you are Masai Ujiri, uh, you know you need the guy on your roster to 
win it all again. So, you know, I was thinking about this team and what their goal is for the season. I think it's tank in a competitive manner. Like, if you look through this roster, the top seven, eight guys are not bad players, I would say. There's just, like, not any one player that you'd really point to as um, being the one that could, uh, you know, like, drag a team to the playoffs. So I think you're going to have a semi-competitive team for the most part, and then I think they'll take stock uh, near the deadline as to whether they want to move any players. But, you know, Goring's going to be a... A uh, reasonable replacement for Kyle Lowry. Like Lowry is basically better in every aspect than Goran, but Goran was a really good player two seasons ago. Uh, had a little bit of an off season last season, but the rest of the players they're losing: Aaron Baines, Ronnie Hood, Sam Johnson. Uh, Aaron Baines, especially last year, was kind of Not negative. Yeah. So I, I think the team is. You know, it, we are definitely a tier above the previous three teams that we just talked about, and I think pretty significantly above. Their win-loss record last year doesn't really reflect the team. I, you know, we, we said their net rating was almost even, so I think here I would go over. I don't think we are in full-blown sell-everything-and-spare-parts mode. Uh, you know, they'll be near the play-in, is my guess, and I think that takes you over 37 wins. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you there. I mean, I, I don't, you know, Masai Jerry's obviously really good at his job. Um, I can't really tell by this roster what he's thinking. Uh, you know, he obviously, you know, Pascal, if he's your second best player, yeah, you could have a pretty good team if Fredman Bleach your third best player yeah you could have a pretty good team but they're they're first and second so like uh, I don't know how far you're going to go with them supposedly carrying your team uh, and they do have some good pieces uh, you know some decent guys on the inside um, that are you know I think all underrated Chris Boucher Kim Birch and Achua so I mean yeah like they, they have plenty of NBA players um uh, OG Aminobi, um, it's a great wing they have for him. Um, some shooting, Gary Trent Jr. So, you know, I, I don't think that, like we said, the 31 and 51 should have been more like about 36, 37 wins probably. Um, so I, I think, you know, um, they'll be somewhere close to that, but I, I'm going to go the over because I don't think they're looking to tank right now um, or to rebuild. Um, so I think they're going to be competitive and the playing game is going to be in reach. So they're going to play hard. So I, I agree with you that I think the overs, uh, what we're looking for here. All right. I think our next team is going to be an interesting one, a case study of pushing all in for the eighth seed. Uh, so why don't you take us away with the Bulls? Yeah, so um, they obviously had uh, just as much turnover as just about anyone in the league. Um, they finished with a pro-rated record at 35-47 last year. Um, Zach Levine really had his coming-out party. Um, 
making his first All-Star game. They had an offensive rating of 110.4 for 21st in the league. They surprisingly, I, I was surprised when I saw this, their defensive rating was 12th in the league at 111.5. Um, they finished 20th in net rating at negative 1.1. Um, so, like I said, they're they're busy adding people in the offseason. Um, notably, DeMar DeRozan, um, Lonzo Ball, um, the Crucial, um, Derek Jones Jr. Um, so they got a bunch of different pieces that that will help them win now, um, which you know I think they're looking to do. They want to keep Zach Levine when his contract is up, so they're trying to give him you know reason to want to stay around. So they've built. I don't know. I've heard a lot of people. We'll, we'll get into it. Say a lot of different things about what they expect out of this team. So. Um, but they definitely are a more talented roster than they had last year. Um, they did lose Lloyd Markinen, as we discussed earlier, Al Farouk Amino, uh, Garrett Temple, Daniel Tice, Thaddeus Young, who I think is a underrated um, loss for them, and Tomas Sadaransky. So, you know, they lost some decent players, but um, they're mostly just uh, rotation players, and they added some guys who you could argue are still stars or budding stars. So, I mean, they have a big four of DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic, Zach Levine, and Lonzo Ball. I don't know if you call it a big four, but four really solid players. Um, three of them have been all-stars in this league. One of them is pushing to make an all-star appearance himself. So, um, how do you think this will work together? Um, it, it's kind of you kind of don't know what to expect because so much has changed. Yeah, I, like you said, a massive amount of turnover. Of the players they lost, I agree, Fat Young is, I think, the one you would really be concerned about. Uh, I think he's developed a reputation as just an extremely solid player who can help elevate any team he's on, at least by a little bit. Uh, additions, love the crew show, uh, love Lonzo Ball, I didn't really love DeMar DeRozan, and I kind of wish they just kept Larry Nance, and I think you could have had this team with Larry Nance, Lonzo Ball, Vucevic, Levine, uh, as they brought in some great defensive players to help round out their two offensive stars, Levine and Vucevic, who are typically known as, you know, less effective on the defensive end. Uh, I think DeMar DeRozan can give them some more playmaking, some more scoring, probably a little more of a negative on defense at this point in his career. Uh, not to mention, you know, the salary and picks that went out in that deal as well. But obviously not what we're really focusing on right now. I think 42 and a half is a lot for this team. Um, so I'm going to go under. I know they you know, revamped the team and the team should be better. But it's going to be much more competitive in the East. I think that 42.5 number is a little inflated when they have to pull all these different players together into a new team and then you know, I, I think this team is again in the plan. 
Um, so I, I think they'll be close to 40. I would peg them at 500 or just under. So it's a soft under for me on this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, all your points are valid. I mean, I, uh, I think we're going to see, you know, another step forward by Zach Levine this year. I think Lonzo Ball will see the same thing. Um, and Vucevic is one of the most underrated players in the game and is always consistent and solid. Um, Marta Rosen's obviously getting a little old, but he, he's still got it. Um, it's just, my question is, how are they going to work together? I mean, Zach Levine likes having the ball in his hands. Lonzo, not not so much. I mean, he, he, he can truly play the point guard and, and you know, you know, get them started in transition. I'm sure they'll want to get out and run with the, a younger team. And, uh, and, you know, if he continues his shooting like he did last year, uh, shooting upper 30% from three, um, and his shot looks a lot better, I mean, that's a big addition as well um, where you can let Zach Levine create and play off the ball and, and spot up. So, I mean, they have three really solid scorers that could score 20-plus points a game next year. Um, DeMar DeRozan might be a little stretched there, but especially because I don't think he'll have the ball quite as much as the other two. But um, if you mix and match these guys in different lineups, um, you have people that can really hold down your bench lineups because um, you have, you know, three options where you can have a guy who's, you know, in the not-so-recent past, if not still currently, uh, leading scorer on a team um, that you can keep out there. And, and their bench isn't going to be bad. I mean, um, Patrick Williams will probably end up starting for him. He's going to be out um, probably till the beginning of November. He just sprained his ankle pretty bad. Um, Kobe White will also provide scoring off the bench. I mean, he's, he's your ultimate heat check guy. Um, Crucial will just, you know, do all the little stuff, play defense, hustle, um, rebound for his position, um, you know, dunk on people occasionally. Um, he'll just, I'm sure he'll grab the attention of all the Chicago fans like he did in LA too. So, um, they're not the deepest team. But I, I like all the pieces, and I, I think they'll be able to figure it out. I, I think uh, the beginning of the season, it might be uh, might be a little tough sledding um, as they learn to play together. But um, I, I think they have enough talent to you know make the playoffs, not just the playing games. Um, so I'm going to go over here, um, probably about 45. 46 wins is what I'd put him at. Maybe a, maybe a six seed. Um, so another one we disagree on, but I mean, I think either way, whether you pick the under or over, you'll be interested and intrigued by this team during the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something team you're going to want to keep track of and see how the experiment goes, even if we are on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to how we feel the team is. Going to end up at the end of the 2021-22 season. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, so our next team we're going to dive into are the Hornets. Um, they had a pro-rated record of 38-44 and 44 last year. An offensive rating of 
and 10.1, a defense rating of 112 for 16th in the league. The offense rating was 23rd, and the net rating was also 23rd at negative 1.9. So, um, this I think this is also an interesting team this year. They were last year, too. Um, they made a couple um, pretty solid additions. Kelly Oubre, I mean... Um, you know, he's had some ups and downs, especially at the beginning of last year. He, he struggled shooting, but I think he's still a talented player. Um, he's not going to be, you know, with LaMelo and Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, he's not going to be asked to, like, really provide a scoring load. Um, Ish Smith, I think, is a is a great backup point guard. Um, he's, I think he's been underrated his whole career. Um, so I think that's a stinky good pickup. Wesa Wandu, um, you know, he's a solid player. He can give you minutes off the bench. Uh, Mason Plumley, we, we mentioned him earlier. I mean, I think he's uh, he could be a good fit for them. I mean, that was the biggest thing is they didn't have a center last year. Um, so I think he can give you quality minutes as a starter. And, uh, and they also have the addition of James Booknight, who was, you know, one of the most hyped up players in the draft this year um who's really a great scorer out of UConn so um you know he can uh they lost Devontae Graham maybe he can uh help replace some of the scoring they got from him albeit inconsistent scoring for the most part last year um they lost Malik Monk which would be uh, a tough loss with his shooting and they lost Cody Zeller um who was their you know primary big man last year which I think Mason Plumlee's an upgrade, but, um, you know, Cody Zeller is still pretty solid in his own right. So, um, their over-unders at 37.5, so right at what they were prorated to win last year. Um, so, what's your, what's your thoughts? Is this essentially is this going to be a better team than it was last year or a worse team? That's what we're looking at. Yeah, so I think they're two main factors that went into last year coming into this year. One, they had pretty bad injury luck to Gordon Hayward. I don't know if it's unlucky if he's not playing or not. But um, you hope this season that Hayward can play more games and then losing LaMelo as well for as long as they did after a really promising start to the season. What you hope for is that uh, more development from their young players and more health is able to make up for a more competitive East. And you know, the Charlotte team last year, I think, overperformed what their expectations were. So can that drop back down to you know the mean, reversion to the mean, and increasing competitiveness? Does that outweigh the internal development? And then, you know, minor, I think, roster improvements where you go from Zeller to Plumlee. And then uh, a little additional depth from Oubre-ish and Booknight to make up for Devonta Graham and Monk. <clears throat> so I think the team overall is maybe slightly better in roster. Uh, but you got to hope that having their players more available is able to take them above that uh, 37 and a half wins. I will go over because I think they are going to be, again, competing for the play-in like a lot of the teams in the East. And I think 
we'll see them around 38, 39 months. So again, a soft over from me. All right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, they, you know, you know, Gordon Hayward, like you said, is unlucky or is it just the reality now um, that he's going to get hurt at some point during the season? I mean, I think at some point, you know, people are just prone to get hurt. Um, I hope that's not the case this year. But really, I think the, the bigger loss was Lomelo last year. I mean, right as he was starting to come into his own and starting to feel comfortable in the NBA and really taking over games is when he got hurt. Um, so, like you said, like, the roster, there's some turnover, but overall, the talent on this roster, I would say, is pretty similar. Um, except for the fact, I think, you're going to see a better LaMelo ball this year. Um, I think that's the big thing. A lot of great players, and he, he is one of them, will, um, makes, uh, makes a leap in his second year. And uh, I think they go over as well and are in the playing game in some fashion. So... Um, I think this will be an exciting team to watch either way. Um, they got some good young players and, um, it'll be nice, be interesting to see how book Knight does. So based off Lamella balls, presumed improvement, I think they get over as well. So our next team here is your team, Brownlee, the Wizards. So they obviously had some change in the off season. We'll get to it in a second. Um, they were 39 and 43 pro rated wins last year. Uh, they had an offensive rating 110.7 at 17th in the league, 112.3 at 20th in the league, and negative 1.6 net rating at 22nd in the league. Um, as far as injuries, Thomas Bryant, who I think is an underrated piece here, um, is, is a really solid player um, towards ACL last year, and he's aiming to return mid December. So. Looks like they'll be without him for a couple months. Um, but they have a lot of guys they picked up in the offseason that could help pick up the slack. Um, they obviously had the Russell Westbrook trade, um, and they got a lot of pieces back into it. And, uh, you know, from that trade, they had KCP, Montrez Harrell, and Kyle Kuzma come their way. In addition to that, they also picked up Spencer Dinwiddie, Aaron Holiday. Corey Kispert and their new coach, Wes Unsell Jr. Um, so, I mean, I think all the guys that have been in the NBA are real solid players. Um, none of them are star players, but um, they have some talent and that they will contribute. And Corey Kispert, I, I think, definitely has some skills that will translate to the NBA and could right away. So, um, key losses. Um, they lost Alex Lynn and Robin Lopez, so they lost a couple big guys. They lost Ish Smith, who we just talked about. Um, he's a great backup point guard. Um, they lost Russell Westbrook, as we mentioned, and then Scotty Brooks, which, you know, they're, I think everyone's thinking that's going to be a positive. So, um, so they're over unders at 33.5. So uh, it looks like Vegas thinks they got worse from the Russell Westbrook trade. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think. This biggest win loss has to be factoring in like a very high percent chance that Brad is not on this team at the end of the season because if he is, I think there's no chance that the Wiz don't hit the over here. I think Russell Westbrook was legitimately amazing playing at 
essentially all NBA level at the end of last season. Yeah. But the first half of last season, he was essentially self-replacement. He was actively bad for this team. Uh, and people were, you know, saying the Rockets made out like bandits. Um, Russ's season, or not even season, his career was over the first couple months of the season. So averaging out that play over the season, he was a good player. Um, I think maybe there's a little bit of recency bias remembering how good he was towards the end of last season. Uh, But I think the added depth is going to allow them to at least tread water with their wins from last season, which would put you five and a half games over the current over-under. So I would say this is the easiest over of the night. Oh, as yeah. long I mean, as you... You would think that your, your, your team going over is the easiest pick of the night, huh? Yeah, yeah, no bias at all <laughs> in that. Uh, um, but I, I think this is just really... Uh, I don't agree with the over-under on this one at all. I think, I think you would put it closer to where the Hornets are. I think they're at the same level. So I would, I would put the over-under at around 37 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I was joking around, but I, I definitely agree with you. I was surprised when I saw this over-under. Um, I, I also think they'll go over. I don't think they really lost um, too much from the Russell Westbrook trade. They might even get better because of it, or at least more consistent because of it. Um, you know, and, and they have um, they just have NBA players up and down their roster that, you know, they're, they can go 10 deep, really 11 deep, um, with solid NBA players, which most teams can't do that. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they'll they'll be as good as last year in competing for a playing game, um, which, they, which they made last year. Um, I think Kyle Kuzma, I think he'll have a more defined role this year, and he'll be more consistent for you. Um, he's obviously a talented scorer. He's gotten much better on defense. Uh, as far as Bradley Beal is concerned, I think um, you know he. I think he really wants to stay in Washington. I I don't know that I get that, but I mean it's obviously not his choice whether to get traded or not. But uh, I think the Wiz want to keep him as well, so they can re-sign him. So I, I think he's going to stay, which is another reason I'm leaning towards this over. So I think this will be an interesting team to watch this year. Um, you know, it'll be an experiment of would you rather superstars or a bunch of role players in a trade, and um, so uh, we're agreement on the over, and I hope for your sake we're right. Thank you. Uh, so for the next team is the Pacers. Uh, they came in at thirty nine and forty three prorated wins. Um, they were about as average of a team as you can get. They had the same offense and defensive rating, both at 14th in the league of 111.9, and net rating of exactly zero at 16th in the league. So um, as far as injuries are concerned, TJ Warren's still not healthy from his foot injury. Uh, he's to be reevaluated mid-October, so he'll miss the start of the season. Um, it's unknown how much of the season he'll miss, but I hope he can get back because I know he's been out for a while dealing with that. Uh, a couple additions they had, uh, 
Tory Craig, who helped the Suns in the playoffs last year, uh, Chris Duarte, Isaiah Jackson. Um, their biggest losses really were Aaron Holiday and Doug McDermott, uh, both good role players from last year. So, um, so they uh, they have an over under of forty two and a half. Um, so Vegas seems to think this team will get better. Uh, and as you mentioned here, you know. Um, it it can improve health, you know, presumably help them, um, you know, improve this year and at least make the playoffs or play in. Yeah, I think another difference from last year is this team definitely felt like it just gave up towards the end when they were dealing with just a ton of injuries that wiped out a lot of their talent, and then a coach that uh, really didn't seem to have any respect from his players. So the roster itself is essentially the same. Like, the big players are all the same as last year, uh, at least post the Levert trade. I think uh, one other injury to note, though, is I think Levert just came out and he has a fracture in his back. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did hear that. Actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Fractured your back. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they won't be healthy this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw he should be back at the start of the season or near. Okay. You know, is he going to play a full complement of minutes right away coming back from a fractured back? Like, that never fractured my back, but it is, <laughs> you know, scary words to put together. Yeah. Um, so I, I could see them, you know, like you said, starting off without Warren, probably starting off with reduced minutes for Levert, and then are you plugging in Chris Duarte right away as your starter or first man off the bench to replace Levert, and is he able to step in right away as like the what was he fourteenth pick in the draft or something like that? Yeah, you know, so like barely even lottery pick at that point. Uh, so I all have to say, I think this team is essentially the same team that we saw last year. Yeah. Uh, so you're hoping for three wins out of a new coach and better health. Health already seems like it could be a question mark, uh, but maybe Rick is able to get more out of this team than um, oh, I can't remember his name, Bjorkman. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am going to go under. I think it's, again, like a very close, soft under. Uh, I, I think we'll see them around 40 wins, is my guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn on this, too. I mean, I think that's a really good number that Vegas came up with. Um, you know, I, I think Rick Carl is a great coach. Um, so that should help. Um, they obviously, you know, had one year out of their last coach, um, and no one particularly liked and caused a lot of drama. So, I mean, I'm sure that didn't help the team. Uh, and they're starting five if, if they can all stay healthy or get healthy. Uh, Brogdon, LaVert, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. I mean, that, that's a really solid starting five. Um, there's no holes in that starting five. Um, everyone can score a little bit. 
Um, defense is pretty solid. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't have great depth, but they got TJ McConnell, who's a great backup point guard and really underrated. Maybe not anymore after last season. I think he got properly paid this season. Um, Torrey Craig will be a good addition off the bench. Um, Duarte, I think, could really be a you know heat check guy off the bench. Um, so I am going to go over just barely. I think they're a 43 or 44 win team. Um, I don't. I think that will keep you in the playing game. Um, just going barely over 500. So um, another disagreement, but I think we're kind of on the same page there. Um, just we're both torn between the number. So uh, our next team, the Celtics, had a prorated 44, 41 and 41 record. Uh, offensive rating came in at 10th at 113.1. Net rating or defensive rating came in at 111.8, 13th, and their net rating came in at 13th as well at 1.3. Uh, their key additions were Cantor, Schroeder, Josh Richardson, Juancho, Hearn, Gomez, and Al Horford. Um, they lost Kimba, obviously. Uh, they lost uh, Carson Edwards, Evan Fournier, Simi Ojale, which I think a lot of people, especially Bill Simmons, is happy about. Uh, Tristan Thompson uh, as well. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of turnover on this team. Uh, there's still some high-end talent on here for sure. Um, some of the core pieces they've had. So their over-under is at 46 and a half. Uh, what do you think about this team with a, a new coach as well, uh, with Brad Stevens moving into the front office? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, I think when we think about the East, we have like the top tier being Nets, Bucks, maybe 76ers. We'll talk about that more. And then this second tier right after that, where you have Heat, maybe Hawks, and then maybe Celtics as well. So if you are the fifth best team in the East, are you going to get 47 wins? Um, I think it's a little tough to swallow, but at the same time, looking at last year, they were... 500 team and literally every single possible thing that could go wrong went wrong. They yeah. had to deal with COVID and Tatum being a little bit of a shell of himself, recovering from his uh, COVID infection. Yeah. And then you had a lot of players they were hoping to lean on, including Tristan Thompson and Fournier, Kemba, just really provide them essentially nothing. Uh, so, can they get more out of their top end from Tim and Brown? And then do the uh, roster moves around the edges, bringing in Horford and Richardson, maybe Wancho and Schroeder at the backup guard, are those enough to get them back to you know, where they were two years ago in the play-in, you know, making it pretty far in the playoffs? Can they get back up to that tier? I don't think we're going to see them all the way back up to that top tier in the East. I do see them being right below that, but maybe still behind the heat. Uh, I am going to go over on this one. 
just because you can expect still significant improvement, I think, from Tatum and Brown being just 23 and 24. You know, we've already factored those guys in as you know, also all-star caliber, maybe all-NBA caliber in Tatum's uh, side, but you know they're still young, they're still developing. We've seen massive leaps from players in that age range um, and continued development probably for the next, you know, five or six years at least, right? So uh, I'm going to go over with this. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go over. Uh, it be a soft over for me just because, you know, the top of the East is pretty loaded and the mid, mid-level, I think there are several teams right right around the Celtics. So, uh, you know, this is, this is just a bet on Tatum and Brown continuing to get better and, uh, and, being able to carry this team. I mean, they have a couple pieces they added that they kind of really took flyers on. Josh Richardson really struggled last year, and then Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I think Schroeder can make a a uh, comeback season. I mean, he's got a lot to prove on a one-year contract. Um, I think Robert Williams at third is, you know, looked great the last couple seasons, and, and you know, still at 23, I think he's going to continue to get better. So, uh, I like some pieces on this team outside of them too, so um, I'm going to go over uh, probably 48 wins, um, but um, you know they'll they'll definitely have some competition to uh, make sure they stay out of that playing game. So um, let's get to one of the other teams we expect to be right there with them. Uh, that's the Miami Heat. Came in at 46 and 36 pro-rated record. Offensive rating of 110.6, 18th in the league. Defensive rating at 110.7, 10th in the league. Net rating of negative 0.1, 17th in the league. Um, uh, Oladipo is still out with a quad injury. Um, they're hoping he'll be ready by November 1st, so only miss a couple weeks of the season, hopefully, with him. Um, who, who knows how big of a loss that is now with you know how he's been playing since he joined the Heat, but um, you still would like to have his contributions. Um, so the key additions are Marquise Morris, obviously Kyle Lowry, and then P.J. Tucker. They um, lost Goran Dragic and Preston Chu, as we mentioned before, Bielitsa, Ariza, Igodala, and Kendrick Nunn. So um, had a lot of departures from the team. I think some of them were good to part ways with. Others were tough to see go. Um, so, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this team? Do you, do you see them competing with the big dogs in the East or do you see them a tier below? Uh, I still see them in a tier below. Uh, like I said earlier, I put Bucks, Nets and 76ers in that top tier. And then he is just knocking on the door. I think for this team to be a contender, Everything has to go right, um, which is just made hard to see over 82-game season and then uh, four rounds of the playoffs after that. So uh, I think the problem is you're relying on a lot of old players to reach that height. Kyle Lowry, Lowry seems like uh, you know, he's going to keep playing forever, but at some point he is going to reach that cliff. And at six foot, you know, a thick, 
thick with multiple C's, six foot. Um, that's a little shorter. Uh, you know, he's going to have to rely again on his you know, all around game. Uh, but at some point, it's just going to be harder for him to you know, put together that effective season. Um, and then Jimmy has dealt with some injuries in the past. Uh, he's you know past the age 32 season. Um, so I'm a little worried about how many older players they're going to be relying on. But at the same time, the this team is built to win. And if they aren't getting effective minutes at the outset from players, Pat Riley is going to be proactive in making changes and trying to improve this team. So I think they are going to do their best to get home court uh, from this team. I'm going to put them at an over uh, just because I think you know they're going to be going all in this season try to maximize Jimmy and Kyle Lowry while they have them. That's fair. I mean, I think this is another number that was set right at the right place for Vegas. Uh, I'm struggling with it. Um, you know, like you said, they are old. Um, people really think P.J. Tucker is a huge addition, but I don't know that he is. Um, he is a zero on offense. And it's hard to play offense when you're playing four against five, I think. I don't know how much he'll end up playing during the regular season for this team. Um, but I don't think that's big of a pickup as a lot of people do. Um, and they don't really have much depth um, that I see. I mean, I, I hope Tyler Hero can uh, make a comeback from his sophomore season where he didn't live up to the high expectations he kind of set for himself in the playoffs the prior year. So... I mean, you got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I mean, that's obviously a good start. Kyle Lowry, great player. I think he's slightly overrated now that he's getting older. Um, Duncan Robinson's a great shooter, but can't create anything on his own. He's getting better at defense, but, um, you know, he's not necessarily a good defender yet. So uh, I'm going to go just under 46 wins for them. Um, so I, I think they'll stay out of the playing game and be, you know, a five or six seed, probably. All right. To the Knicks, who had one of the most surprising seasons of last season. Um, pro-rated record of 47-35. Offensive rating of 110.2. Defense rating 107.8 at fourth in the league. And net rating of 2.4 at ninth in the league. Um, the key additions, uh, Kimba. Um, Dwayne Bacon, Evan Fournier, and Quentin Grimes in the draft uh, out of Houston. Um, key losses, Reggie Book, Reggie Bullock, Frankie Smokes, and Alfred Payton. So they lost some guards um, there that contributed last season. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, I had the question here, is, was last season a fluke or is this team legit? And uh, I think Vegas is picking up on the same same idea, putting their over and under at 41 and a half. Uh, so well, what, do you, what do you think? Is this is this team going to be able to compete like they did last year and uh, you know compete for home court advantage, or is this more of a play-in team? Yeah, I think what we saw last year was two teams really 
uh, overperformed expectations in the Knicks and the Hawks at kind of similar points in their trajectories. Definitely seems like Vegas is factoring in some regression for the Knicks, dropping them six and a half games from their prorated or five and a half games from their prorated record of last season. Uh, and you're not really seeing a whole lot of change in this team overall. You're adding Kemba, but how much of Kemba does Kemba have left in him? And you're adding Fournier, who is can be relatively effective, um, but offsetting that with the loss of Reggie Bullock, who I thought was pretty solid for them last year. So I think the major question is, can Kemba ever be all caps Kemba again? Or are those days just gone and you left them in North Carolina? Uh, so I think I am on the side of he is diminished, Kemba, at this point. Maybe he can give them a few good games that you know Nick's faithful can lose their minds about. But over the course of the season, you aren't going to get a super effective Kemba ever again, I don't think. Uh, that means they are probably going to be, you know, factoring in some regression. Um, they're going to be fighting to avoid the plan, which means they have to be, you know, over 500, probably a couple games over 500. Um, I'm going to put them at under, just because I, I think they are going to be in that seven or eight speed zone. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I. Julius Randle had a great year last year, and I, I think a lot of that improvement is legit. Um, I no matter how good he plays this year, I, I don't think he'll ever top what he did last year at any point in time in his career. Um, so you know, he shot over forty percent from three. Um, you know, did a lot for him, was a playmaker and everything. So I mean, I think he'll still be the central point of their offense, uh, and rightfully so. But I think. Yeah, I, I do think the defense will still be there, being coached by Thibodeau. Um, so they will have that going for them. They'll be in a lot of ball games just because they play defense. Um, but I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, you know, I don't think Kimba is as much of an addition as you'd hope. I mean, maybe playing in New York will give him, you know, um, you know, get him back to his playground days in New York. But um, you know. I, I wouldn't count on that just based off what we've seen the last couple of years. RJ Barrett um, should continue to get better. He's still only 21, which is crazy. Uh, Emmanuel quickly had a good year. Uh, but I'm still going to go under just slightly. I, I think they're a 500 team. I really do. Uh, and, you know, I think they'll be in the plan um, rather than, you know, competing for a. Um, home court advantage team. So, um, you know, Knicks fans will not be happy if this is the case, um, but they are the most rational fan base probably ever, so I don't feel bad for them. So our next team is the Hawks, who made a surprising run in the playoffs last year. Trey Young really had his coming out party. Um they had a pro-rated record of 47-35, really came on at the end of the season. Uh, their offensive rating was ninth in the league at 114.3, and their defensive rating was 112.1 at 18th. 
net rating of 2.2 was 11th in the league. Um, do have one injury to, of note. Uh, Okongwu is out till December um, with his shoulder injury. He had surgery in the offseason. Um, key additions were Gorgie Dang, uh, TLC from the Nets, Duan Wright, and Jalen Johnson out of Duke, who they selected in the first round. A uh, very talented player who you know had a controversial end to his season last year um, and dropped him a few spots and allowed them to get him. Uh, some key losses are Chris Dunn and Tony Snell. So, you know, Vegas doesn't agree with you necessarily, Brownlee, that, you know, they overachieved last year. They have their win-loss right at 47.5, which is right in line with what we saw them playing at last year. So, um, you know, it, it, no matter how good they are in the regular season, uh, it'll be hard to duplicate what they did in the playoffs um, with, you know, couple of the teams that we have left to talk about so well what do you what do you see uh if you don't if you don't quite believe in this team like last year what do you, what do you see for them this year so i actually think thinking about last year they had so many injuries they were dealing with that i think vegas is uh you know seeing 47 wins and maybe that was overachieving from last year given their injury issues, but they are baking in improvement from a health perspective. So they, like last year, they, Bogdan, Bogdanovich was injured on and off. Gallinari was injured on and off. DeAndre Hunter missed, you know, most of the season. Okonglu missed a ton of time. So I think if you get more healthy play out of this team, I don't think it's irrational to expect them to be in that 47-48 win range. Uh, add into that, Trey Young continues to develop, and along with a lot of their other younger players continue to develop, like John Collins, aforementioned DeAndre Hunter. Um, hopefully Okongwu can actually get healthy enough to play and we can see you know, some of the promise that led to him being a top 10 draft pick. I think it's fair to expect that over-under. Um, I'm actually going to go over on this one. I think your only real question is, like, can Trey adapt to the new officiating rules where he can't just like jump into players and get fouls? I think that was in his bag because the rules let him do it, but he is crafty enough of a player, skilled enough of a player that he'll find other ways to score. So I'm not super worried about any officiating changes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of people have made a big deal about that. And, you know, that what I mean, yeah, it was part of his game, but it wasn't that significant as everyone makes it out to be. Um, and he'll, he'll be able to adjust just fine and, and still produce. Um, so, I mean, I think, like you mentioned, you know, they missed Bogdanovich for a stretch last year, and then when he came back, they really started playing well. And when he came back, they didn't have DeAndre Hunter, who's um, a great piece uh, for them. Uh, really started off the season strong when you're when your boy is from UVA. Um, and uh, I, I think having him back, hopefully, for the full season will, will definitely contribute to a couple more wins. Um, 
and I mean they're they're pretty deep too. I mean they got Herder, Reddish showed some um, flashes in the playoffs, especially on the defensive end. Okongwu when he gets back is a solid player. Um, who knows what you get out of Jalen Johnson? Um, so I, I think they're really solid, and I think they're between a 48, 49, 50 win team. So I'm going to take the over as well. All right, now we're on to the reigning NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, who had a prorated win total of 52 and 30. Offensive rating of 116.5, fifth in the league. Defensive rating, ninth in the league at 110.7. And net rating coming at fourth in the league at 5.8. So, um, you know, real solid team during the regular season and played even better in the playoffs. So, um, didn't have too much change. Um, significant. They brought in a couple players. Um, George Hill, Rodney Hood, Simi Ojale, Grayson Allen. I think Grayson Allen's the best pickup there and, and really can contribute. He has really had his best season last year. They lost some shooting in Bryn Forbes. Um, but hopefully, you know, they're thinking they can make up with that George Hill and, and Grayson Allen at, to a certain extent and Rodney Hood. Um, and they lost P.J. Tucker, so they're hoping Simi Ojale can give them some of the defense um, that P.J. Tucker did. So, I mean, not, not too much change. Um, all the key pieces are still there. Um, and, you know, when you have the big three of Angel Cupo, Middleton, and Holiday, um, you know, as long as you have a couple complimentary guys around them, you're going to be a successful team. So um, do you think this team can be better than last year's, um, you know, given what we saw from Giannis in the playoffs and his potential rise? Yeah, I think this team is better than last year's. I think, you know, just marginal improvement with Grayson Allen. I think he's a pretty solid rotation player. Uh, and then not a lot really lost. You know, we mentioned B.J. Tucker earlier, and he's probably uh, overvalued at this point in his career. Like you said, he provides like literal zero on offense some nights, uh, like we saw in the playoffs. So I think the team overall is going to be better. I don't think they're really going to be pushing for regular season wins, though. They're going to be focused on uh, the playoffs. And I think what we're going to end up seeing is the Nets are just going to run away with this regular season. I think there's just way too much talent at the top there. And then the Bucks are really going to be competing with the 76ers for that second seed is my guess and with everything that's going on with Ben Simmons I just don't really see that being a huge competition so I think they're going to take it honestly like pretty chill in the regular season not really going to be worried too much about whether they finish two or three in the regular season and just ramp up for the playoffs and get ready for what uh, you know they'll probably anticipate as being in Eastern Conference Finals with the Nets. So I'm going to go under on this just purely from a, they don't need to push themselves to go over. Um, and they can kind of relax in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, they're going to be, you know, definitely top three, uh, unless something catastrophic happens. So, um, I feel like they might be closer than the Nets. We'll get to them 
in a little bit. Uh, I mean, they've just been a great regular season team over the last several years, um, even when they haven't succeeded in the playoffs. So um, under Boonehoser, like I don't think they've ever had um, the idea to take their foot off the pedal, um, even though they're, you know, because I think two years ago or three years ago, they you know, beat everyone in the East by, you know, at least seven, eight games or something, and they were still competing every game. So, um, you know, I like the um, ancillary pieces better this year. Um, I think um, the big three is more accustomed to playing each other, and you can see they, you know, figured out how to do that in the playoffs. So uh, I think Giannis is even better, which – doesn't seem possible, but um, I think he will be. So I'm going to go over probably around 55 wins for them, uh, maybe a little more. So I like this team. I don't know if they'll be able to repeat because of our next team, the Nets. Um, obviously, Vegas' is favorite team um, at 56 and a half wins. So uh, across the league, they think they're the best. Um Pro-rated record last year, 55 and 27. Um, so with all the injuries, they would only need to improve by a couple games. Um, their first in offensive rating, no surprise there, at 117.3. Um, defensive rating, not so great at 22nd in the league at 113.1 and a net rating of 4.2. Um, key additions, they brought LaMarcus Aldridge back after his short retirement. Um, James Johnson, who's a great role player. Patty Mills, who could be great for them with his shooting ability. Paul Millsap, um, who will be willing to do the little things. And then they drafted Cam Thomas out of LSU, who really uh, was probably the MVP of the summer league. And, and he can really score the ball. Not that they necessarily need any more of that, but he can never have enough. Um, key losses were TLC. Chris Chioza, Spencer Dinwiddie, who didn't really play last year. Jeff Green, who was a key piece for them and an underrated piece. DeAndre Jordan, um, not much of a loss there. He's not the same player he used to be. And Landy Shaman, who was definitely a good role player and um, shooter for them. So, um, like I said, the 56 and a half wins are the over and under. I mean, the only question you know, I, I really had when looking at this, can they stay healthy and get everyone vaccinated? Um, it wouldn't be as big of a deal if they weren't playing in New York, but they are. So if uh, Kyrie, um, who is probably the most stubborn person in the NBA, um, stays his course and says, and is true to his word, won't get vaccinated, um, he's going to miss at least half the games, including the game they play in San Francisco. So, um, so those are really the only two things, health, and I guess you can say health is pretty much vaccinated too. So what you have any other thoughts? I mean, this is the best uh, trio of scores that have ever been on one team, that's for sure. And with that, I, you don't need much else. And the thing is, they have a lot of really good pieces around them. Yeah, this team is amazing. I, I don't. I think there is probably improvement off of last year's team. You can count on a full season from Aldridge and a couple of the other additions they had. You know, they lost TLC, like you mentioned, um, and Jeff Green. I think those were the only two like real contributors that you'd worry about. 
Dinwiddie wasn't able to play for them. Jackie Jordan added nothing. Shannon was like end of the rotation um, and didn't play too much. So I think you hope that this team can be even better than last year's team, which uh, was you know, two major injuries and half an inch um, Kevin Durant's foot size away from the NBA Finals. So um, I think, like you said, it really just comes down to can their three amazing players play together and play together for a significant portion of the season. And with Kyrie, you know, I, I do think eventually this is going to be figured out. I don't think he's going to be end up missing over half of their games, uh, including in the playoffs when they're really going to need him. I don't think that the team, I don't think that uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden are going to you know, allow that. So hopefully they're able to get through to him, get him to get that shot so he can start taking some more shots on the court. So uh, I think they're going over. I am betting on them having better health um, and able to get Kyrie on the court. So I, th- I think they're going to be pushing 60 wins. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. If, if they can get everyone on the same page and have better health than they had last year, I mean, I think the big three only played eight games together and they still managed to get 55 wins uh, on a pro-rated basis. So, you know, assuming they get half the game with them together, um, just think about how many wins that's worth. Um, so I, I'm going to go over. I mean, I think this is by far the best team in the league, um, not just with the top-end talent, which has really never been – there's no parallel to it in the history of the NBA um, with how talented those scorers are. Um, and uh, But they got a lot of pieces. You know, Nick Claxton's a great – Great piece for them. Uh, plays great defense, hustles, runs a court, uh, does all the little things. Joe Harris is perfect fit for this team. Just spot up and knock down threes at will. Um, Javon Carter is a tough player that they could use. Uh, you know, great defender will pick you up full court. I mean, that's someone they could use. Um, you know, and then the you know Blake Griffin has played his role perfectly since he's been there and. And honestly played the best defense of anyone on Giannis in the playoffs. So uh, I think this team has everything you could ask for. And uh, I think they're, you know, a 60-win team probably um, as long as they stay healthy and don't have any vaccine drama. So um, let's move on to a team that somehow has more drama than the Nets. Um, That is... The 76ers, who finished first during the regular season in the East, um, had a pro-rated win-loss of 56 and 26. Uh, offensive rating of 112.5, 13th in the league, and defensive rating 107, second in the league for a fifth-best net rating at 5.5. Um, not too much turnover yet on this team. Um you know, they added Andre Drummond. Who knows how impactful he can be, but he'll be playing in a backup role, trying to take Dwight Howard's minutes, it looks like. George Niang, who's, you know, pretty solid um, role player off the bench, can, can score for you. Um, you know, then they lost George Hill, who's coming off the bench for them, and Dwight Howard, as I mentioned. And the biggest question mark 
um, over this team, and it will be hard to project the over and under based off this, is what the fuck is going to happen to Ben Simmons? I mean, it started last year when he decided not to take that dunker layup um, in the Eastern Conference semifinals in the fourth quarter of Game 7, um, and the drama hasn't stopped since then. And, and he's made it adamant right now that he's willing to sacrifice all the salary to not play for the Sixers this year if they don't find a trade partner for him. Um, which I think is going to be hard because the GM being Daryl Morey, um, he doesn't like to lose a trade, um, and he rarely does. But when you have this situation going on, it's hard to get fair value. I mean, even even if he wasn't holding out, essentially, um, based off how much negative publicity and all the drama that's been around him, you weren't going to get full value anyway. So what do you, do you have, I mean, do you have anything in your crystal ball on what's going to happen or, uh, it's really hard to predict at this point. Yeah. Uh, very difficult to predict the future on this one, but we just saw that the 76ers have withheld, you know, over $8 million in salary. Uh, so that's a pretty good motivator, I think. So, you know, I think, Ben Simmons is going to report to the team. He's not going to sit at home the whole season. I, I think what it really comes down to is how early in the season can they resolve this situation? Like, is it going to lead until the trade deadline? Are they able to find a partner early in the season if they're able to convince Ben to play? You know, maybe you know, frame it as this is what is best for both of us. You want to get out of here? That's fine, but you know, you're not going to uh, repair your value just sitting on the, uh, on the sideline on your couch. So I think eventually they do resolve it, but it is enough drama, enough of a negative if you do have Ben Simmons, you know, like maybe he has a quote-unquote injury at the start of the season that you can't play, and then you're basically just relying on Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid to carry this team. I think it is going to be enough to impact their regular season win-loss. Um, but I do see them staying in that three to four seed range, which would put them right around you know 50 wins at that point. I think I'm going to go just under, like I, I kind of see them at 50 wins right now. So it's a super soft under for me in terms of their overall win-loss. Yeah, this is this is a really boring way to end it, but I, I see it the exact same. I mean, I think they're a fifty win team. Um, once again, hard to predict that right now. Um, I just I don't think you know if Ben Simmons you know doesn't get traded here soon. Um, I just think there'll be so much drama when he comes back to the team that it'll almost be um, he'll almost be a negative. Just with the rift it causes in the organization and across the team. And Joel Embiid is obviously not happy about it. He's been outspoken. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just think they need to get past this as soon as possible. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Like I said, Daryl Morey is looking for asking for a lot for Ben Simmons. And, uh, you know, at this point he's really, uh, you know, 
uh, not a great asset like he really could be if you know you were trying to trade him at last offseason. Um, so you're going to have to accept something less than what you think full value is. And if they get that, um, you know, how does that impact their win total too? So once again, this is kind of a wild guess because we don't know what's going to happen at all. But um, I think I think the over the under is a safe play here, um, even though we think it's just barely under. I think I think there's a much better chance that they go several games under this and they go several games over it. Um, so um, you know, so you know. Like I said, we can't predict the drama and how it's going to unfold, but um, you know, definitely be a team and situation worth watching over the beginning of the year. So um, that was our last team today in the Eastern Conference. So we will be back next week with the Western Conference. So thanks for joining us, and until then, peace.